Praise the Lord. How many believes that tonight? Not only that, but before there was ever a cross, we were on his mind. You think of it, that when God, before the foundation of the world, saw every creature that would ever be on the earth, and yet when he wrote the name of his only begotten in the book of life, his was the first name there, the Lamb's book. And your name was identified with his name before the foundation of the world. And wrote your name with the blood, not a literal chemistry now, but in his thinking what that blood would actually do for your life. You were associated with that before the world ever began. Tell me, friends, how can we lose? How can we lose? God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, isn't it? Let's turn to St. John chapter 11, verse 1. We've been speaking about getting in the Spirit, so I'd say that's what we do here tonight. Get in the Spirit. Everybody we know is in the Spirit of something. And we certainly want to be in the Spirit of God, uh, to be able to be anointed, to face the challenges that we're all dealing with in our lives. Very familiar story, but I pray the Lord will open it maybe a little bit more clear to us tonight. St. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, I want you to notice now how they choose to address this salutation. Lord, behold he whom thou lovest is sick. Lord, behold he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Now, if you were there that day and you were a picky person, you could take the words of the Lord Jesus and he said that this sickness is not unto death. And then a few verses later, he says, Lazarus is dead. You're going to be in a real pickle, my friend, Dill. So let's just take what he said and compare it to what he said. So we know there's an understanding to what he said, right? Because our God does not lie. So it's not always just what's said that makes sense. It's the understanding. You see, that's what a lot of folks have missed about this message. It's not just what is said. It's the understanding. I'm glad God has given to us an understanding of his word. Therefore his sister saith unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved 
Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Isn't this peculiar that John keeps mentioning this, that they were so loved by the Lord Jesus? Now, he uses the two Greek words in the New Testament which are used for loved, filio and agape. So Jesus loved them in both ways. For whatever reason, John wanted this to be made known. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, watch how love reacts sometimes. And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now, if some of you all got sick and you call me, and I was wherever, and Brother Donnie, you have got to come home. We need you immediately. But instead, I abode two days. Would you be abiding with us next Sunday? <laughs> some of you wouldn't. You'd get madder than a hornet. But what if the Lord told me to stay that a greater glory of God might be revealed? Now notice, Jesus filioed them and Jesus agapeoed them. And yet whenever they have their greatest need in their life, the Lord Jesus doesn't respond like that, but he stays two days longer in the same place. I wonder sometimes, do we understand love? I mean, like to be remembered tonight. Dear Jesus, we know your ways are so different from ours. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are your ways so much greater than our ways. So we're asking you tonight that you would help us. Would you open up our hearts to a little bit of a, a freshness of your presence and maybe a greater understanding of what it really means to be loved by you. I pray, Father, that you'd take the word of God and make it real to our hearts. We have many needs, and Brother Mike has already prayed for us and made these requests known, as Brother Louis did as well. And Father, we're bringing them before you again, and then those that raise their hands. Dear Jesus, we pray you would be mindful of us tonight. Speak to us your word. May we get in the spirit of the word. Father, we know that it takes that to really bring your presence among us. We can be in one thought pattern here tonight to receive something from you. Would you grant it to us, Lord? In the name of Jesus Christ, the word we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Remember, God is going to use people to fulfill his word, to keep his word, to bring his word to pass. This is one of those unusual settings in the Bible that Many people would look at it and try to understand the very character of God. 
And by reading these words, they would take their human perception of love and their human perception of friendship. Now, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were very close, intimate friends to the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, you'll find, if you'll read your New Testament, they are some of the very few that this is actually mentioned in this way that the Lord Jesus loved them in this type of love. Now, probably some people in their mind of the Lord Jesus, they would think that he was this socialite that just went from house to house to house and, you know, like a modern-day pastor that many people would like, and he had coffee with this guy and brunch with this people and lunch with this family and then tea in the afternoon at two, two with this family, supper with that family, a bedtime snack with that family, and at three o'clock in the morning, you know, something or another with every other family. But I hate to tell you, but actually you've got a denominational Jesus in your mind. The Lord Jesus was not a socialite. The Lord Jesus was very much a loner. He was one who spent a lot of time alone and a lot of time in prayer. He was nothing like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the kind old priest type of identity. So when the Lord Jesus really loved certain people, it stood out to the disciples that were with him in so much that they would take note of it. So if this would have been the common behavior of the Lord Jesus, there'd be no need for this to be said. But because this was out of the ordinary, John felt it necessary to write it and really point it out. Now, we know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? The most famous scripture probably in the Bible, John 3, 16. So God so loved the world, but God doesn't feel about the world in the same way that he feels about his friends. Now, Jesus had many, many acquaintances, no doubt. And he loved them in the God sense. He loved them all. But there were some that were very close and very intimate. Now, for those of you who have read your Bible, you know that it was three men in particular, that were called to be with the Lord Jesus in very close spiritual spheres that even the rest of the disciples never got to see. How many knows who they were? Peter, James, and John. Now, we find in Matthew and in John and in Luke and in Mark that these three men were actually privileged to be caused into the 
intimate inner circle. Was it all divine or was it all human or was it a mixture of both? I guess we'll have to wait and ask him if those things are still bothering you once you get there. But truly, the Bible shows us that even with the Lord Jesus, that he had an intimate circle. Now, these, this family here, two sisters and one brother. Now, they were from Bethany, which is just a little ways from, from Jerusalem, right outside of Bethpagi. Uh, they, they were people that had allowed the Lord Jesus to use their home and whenever he entered into the ministry that he would work out of their house. So it was a place that was his home away from Nazareth, which was several miles away. So Jesus had found these friends and we know of course that Josephus says they had forsaken their churches they sold tapestries and things like that, and they had been identified with the Lord Jesus, and they were known not only among the disciples as being close to him, but the enemies of the Lord Jesus also knew they were close to him. So it had cost them some sales in their tapestry. So it had caused them uh, to lose some of their former friends because Jesus was a close friend to them. Now, many people would love to be a close friend to Jesus unless it goes to costing them their worldly friends or maybe a worldly girlfriend or a worldly boyfriend. And then they only wanna know Jesus at a distance. But Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they're willing to give up whatever for the Lord Jesus. Because they're actually called to two spheres of love. That is on the common level, which was the common love known in the first church. But then there were those who were called to a more intimate walk with the Lord Jesus and they're willing to give up everything. Now, Mary, Martha, and Jesus no doubt had walked in special places and they were allowed to see the human side of Jesus and allowed to see the divine side and they could see both and it did not hinder their faith at all. But somehow or another, when they got into this great need, they're going to be challenged like never before. And whenever they send word, let's go back to verse three, therefore his sister sent unto him saying, now they did not go, but they stayed there because Lazarus is very, very sick. So they sent a messenger, no doubt one, that the Lord Jesus would have recognized. So maybe there was a great throng of people around him. And whenever Jesus saw this man, this servant, he immediately knew who he was. He knew what house he was from. So his sisters sent this one unto him. And they said, Lord, behold he whom thou lovest. Now I want you to notice that they choose 
to tap into this avenue to ask the Lord Jesus for this special favor? Did they think that by calling upon this close friendship, it would make a difference? Did they think it would give them an advantage? So they were actually not only just friends and not only elect friends, but they were close human friends. They were part of his family. You know what I mean when I say that, that we can have family members that are of the same blood, but then we also have a family that were not blood kin at all, and they can actually be closer to you than sometimes people of the same blood. So they were of the intimate circle of that family that really only very, very few was in that. So they were close and intimate friends of our Lord, so much that he spent a lot of time with them and showed them special friendship. Now notice then in verse four, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Now we really don't know if this messenger left immediately, once he heard these words and he grabbed that word and he went back or did he delay? Did he say, John did not really say what this messenger done. But now remember, I pointed it out to you last Wednesday that there were people who followed the Lord Jesus and they took notes, as we'd say, and they wrote down uh, things that in their mind contradicted what he said. That they actually presented themselves before Cephas and Annas, the high priest, whenever the Lord Jesus was on trial. And they slipped these notes to the people and they said, well, he said this here and he said this there. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Well, they thought he was talking about Herod's temple, which had been 46 years in the building. Howbeit, the Bible said, he spake not of that, but of his own body. So they were quoting what he said, but not quoting what he meant. Praise the Lord. So you imagine if there was any of those people that were there and they said, okay, okay. He said, now this sickness is not unto death. Now watch the Lord Jesus' own words. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now notice again, John, he keeps bringing this up about love, that Jesus had a personal attachment to these people. Now Jesus agaped Martha and their sister Lazarus. Now this is a total different Greek word. In verse three, it is philio. So Jesus had a filial love for them, but now John says that he not only filial loved them, but he has a divine love for them, which is an agape love. Now Jesus agape Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So the word rendered here for love is a different one, and it signifies a love of tender affection. A love of tender affection is what the one and verse three signifies, but this one here is chosen friendship of love. 
Chosen friendship of love. Now, then we were saying, well, if the Lord Jesus loved them with two great categories of love, as soon as their problems would have been mentioned to him, he would have immediately went to them and drove the sickness away and drove the trouble away. You see, sometimes those that he loves the most, he will use them to prove his deepest treasures of trust. Those who love him in a shallow way, he can only use them to prove shallow promises, shallow proofs of his resurrection, shallow vindications of his personage. But those who love him deeply are the ones that he can prove really who he is. Oh, glory to God. So the Lord Jesus, when he hears this in verse six, he heard therefore that he was sick and he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now, even though the Lord Jesus is signified to love Lazarus in two spheres or two realms, yet he seems to neglect him. I wonder if this is why John felt it so imperative to bring out to the readers of his day and knowing that his epistle would be read for a long, long time, that he would be able to show us the contrast and the misunderstanding which can be so easily gotten by carnal people that think they know the love of God. That when we would say, well, a God who could stop all trouble. And this is what, you know, many of the people of our day, uh, even the agnostics and the infidels, they believe, well, if there is a God, why doesn't he stop all hurting? Why doesn't he stop all trouble? If he's got all of this great power that you all say that he has, why does he let the world go on and people are sick and people are suffering? Well, why do they say that? Because they do not understand that God is a just God and that God gave this earth over to his first son and a thief come in by his lies and he actually is a squatter on this earth and through the judiciary law of God, God cannot override and revert this earth back to its stage of perfection until the final act of redemption has been complete. But you see, people that are very shallow and ignorant of such, they just think, well, if he's up there somewhere, why don't he drive away all trouble and drive away all that? Well, uh, they'd be some of the first ones he'd drive away because they really don't believe him anyhow. Is that right? So you understand that God works and his judiciary court must be justified when God annihilates this system that exists on the earth. He must do it in a just way, and he will. So the Lord Jesus chose to, instead of going on the ark, all right, Peter, James, John, let's go, let's everybody get all things together, let's go immediately. But instead of doing that, the Lord Jesus, and we know why he did it, because the Father had already shown him a vision not to go at this message. Now how disappointing this must have been 
Now, maybe the messenger hung around for a bit. We really don't know. But you imagine after a while, Brother George, that he decided, well, I've got to go back and tell them something. And he finally goes back, and Mary and Martha are under anticipation, maybe the same day, maybe the next day. We don't know exactly how long it was. But when they finally get there, and they say, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Did you tell him? Yes. Did you find him? I did. Did he listen? Yes, he listened. He was so intent. Uh, John told him, and, and Peter, yes, absolutely, I, I, got, I got an audience with him. And so he listened, yes, yes. And he actually responded and said that this sickness is not unto death. Well, where is he? I don't know. I told him, I brought the message that you sent me to tell him. I told it was all the empathy that I could feel. I made it as serious as I could. And he just, it's like he didn't even hear me. Well, are you sure that this is our friend, Jesus? We love him so much and he loves us. I hope somebody's gonna hear me tonight. We love him and he loves us so much, so where is he? I don't know. Why didn't he come? I'm I'm not sure. Well, are you sure that you? I'm telling you, I did my very best. I prayed with all of my heart. I asked him, I gave him your plight and your cause of his request, and I did all of that, and he just, really, he acted as if though he didn't even care. I wonder if there's any Mary and Martha's in here tonight that maybe you've, nobody, huh? Wow, every one of y'all's prayers get answered just like that. Well, I'm, I'm quitting preaching right now. I want you all to pray for me. Please? Oh, y'all wasn't honest. So y'all get delays too? You mean you go to him in tears and empathy and feeling and it seems as if oh, he just delays and just turns and goes another way. Well, I would have thought it was me. Y'all shaking your heads. You've been saying maybe amen or something like that. Maybe I'm, I'm, I guess I'm expecting something really strange out of message people to say amen anymore, Now, you see, when Christ delays to help those people that he really loves, there must be a greater answer that will come with the delay. Christ never denies a lesser favor unless he gives a greater in its place. But how can a hurting heart perceive such? We know how we are in the time of trauma and difficulty. Many times we're not at ourselves anyway. When great things are going on and heartbreaking things, we're dealing with them and we're calling on the Lord with all of our heart and it seems as if though that he's silent and we have no record here written by John the beloved that the Lord Jesus gave them, the messenger, any understanding. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Go back and tell Mary and Martha that the Father has given me a vision and really I just can't do it right now 
but tell them when I do come, it will be worth the wait. But instead, we have no record that he actually gave them any explanation. There was no reasoning. There was nothing at all to try to encourage them, but as if though the Lord Jesus didn't really care. Now you see, it's during these times that Satan loves to really work on our minds. And whenever it does, you know, it's like the prophet, whenever he's talking about his wife and his baby dying and he was standing there and he said the devil had come too late to tell him there wasn't no God. But he said he was trying to tell him that he didn't love him. So he said, you know, y'all, you've prayed for people and you've climbed up them poles and, and come in and, you know, work, you know, go out and pray for the sick all night and get home and sit in your chair for an hour or two and now you need him and where is he? All he'd have to do, he said he wouldn't even have to speak. All he would have to do is look your way. And Brother Branham said, everything he told me was the truth. So listen, friend, there are people who say the devil cannot tell the truth. The truth of it is they're not telling you the truth because the devil can tell the truth when it's to his advantage to warp your view. That's right. He can tell you the truth, but just enough lie mixed into it to pervert that truth in order to get his agenda over to you. And he said, about the time I was ready to say, well, if that's the way God is, but he said, thank God there was a tie post in the soul. Amen. He said, if it had not been there, we would not be where we are tonight. I guarantee you, we would be able to say the same thing tonight if there was not a tie post, not in your head, not in your understanding, but in your soul, the baptism of the Holy Ghost when you don't understand, when it seems like God turns you down or God delays, but there's something inside of you when the enemy comes in like a flood and the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. Now notice verse 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Now by now, the disciples are still confused. Because the Son of Man, which is in heaven, is also still revealing himself as the Son of God, which is on the earth. So sometimes he'd talk heavenly language, and sometimes he'd talk earthly language in the same sentence. So they're thinking in their mind, well, you know, he, he must be doing better. Maybe the Lord Jesus sent a word that we were not aware of, and now he's doing better. Now I want you to notice his terminology. If they would have only recognized and caught it. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. So you see, the resurrection of the dead to this mighty manifestation of God sending here in human form is no more than you and I reaching over and touching our wife, yeah. 
or your wife touching you on the shoulder or you calling her name or her calling your name or you calling the name of your child when they are taking a nap and you just say, honey, wake up. It's time to get up. Now, the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, the Lord Jesus is showing to us this is what death is when it comes to his children. It is no more than him reaching over and giving you a little nudge even though you've gone back to acids and gases. There's not one bone left. There's not hide nor hair left. And yet he simply speaks your name and you come forth. Oh, that's my master right there. Hallelujah. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. Now, it was the raising a man from the dead to him was no more than speaking to a person who is asleep or reaching over and touching them on the shoulder and waking up. Now, notice this displays two great godly traits that the Messiah had that was present right there. One of them was his omniscience and his omnipresence. Now, it was was this omnipotence that now related to him because by now the messenger had already left and Jesus knows that Lazarus is now dead. We don't have a record that the messenger come back and said, well, don't worry about it now he's already dead. How did he know he was already sleeping? his omniscience by knowing all things and yet here he was standing in this earthly tabernacle and you would think being embodied right there, how could he know miles on down the road? Oh, you say, could he do that? Yeah, it was the same one who told Philip whenever Andrew come and saw him under the tree, when Andrew, I saw you when you were under the tree. So here it was being displayed, so now he knows. Well, don't you know the same Father God that showed him that he was asleep also knew that he was sick before he ever got sick? Don't you know the same God that allows us to go through hard times in order to bring us out on the other side of those hard times? He could have stopped them if he so desired, and if he would have stopped them, and thank God he does many times, but yet he does it, and nobody even knows anything about it. You see, it's not the display of omnipotent power when he stops all of our trials, all of our difficulty. How many more of us will get there that day and see what all he'd done for us and we were not even conscious of it? How can I give him praise then for what he stops when I don't even know it? But what do I give him praise for when I'm going through a terrible time or you're going through a terrible time and we pray together and we see his mighty hand, Brother Greg, bring us out. Don't you tend to give him praise for it? Why? You know about it. You know about it. You were there. It happened to you, and you experienced the situation. Oh, praise God. His omniscience knew that Lazarus had died. His omnipotence would raise him from the dead. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Albeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought 
that he had spoken of taking rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now you imagine some of the other people say, what? What? He just said right up there, this sickness is not unto death. Now here he stands and says the man is dead. He is a liar. He's a false prophet. No, he's not. You just don't have ears to hear and a heart to perceive. Well, praise the Lord, that's the way it is, friends, with a lot of those that have left the message of the hour. They don't have ears to hear. They don't have a heart to perceive. They don't have the ability to understand. Well, come on now. Oh, my. Notice this. Now, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Surely he's not going to say this. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Whoa. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. So Lazarus is dead. And Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there. What? You're one of your closest, most intimate friends is dead. And you're saying you're glad? Don't you understand, friends? You can't just have God's word to understand God's program. You have to be tapped into God's heart. You see, the bride not only has his word, she has his heart. Praise the Lord. Oh, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Oh, wow. So now you know the story, of course, when he gets there and then the messenger comes and tells him, Jesus is close. Oh, and then one of the sisters, oh Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it. I am the resurrection. Oh, yes, yes, yes. My brother was a good Jew. He loved the Lord. He done this and that and the other. And he will rise in the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Hallelujah. And of course, we know the story that the Lord Jesus called him up from the grave. And it's amazing when a person is raised from the dead that you start generating hatred. Now watch in St. John 12, 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead... Well, glory to God, I hope you understand it. Me and you, our our name could be put in this verse right here. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Johnson City, where Donnie, which had been dead, was raised from the dead. Whom he had raised from the dead. How many in years have been raised from the dead? The Lord Jesus visited Michigan, where you were, Virginia or Germany, or wherever you were, and he raised you from the dead. He called your name and breathed the breath of eternal life into your soul, and you become one with God. 
And they made him a supper. And Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. I know that feeling. Praise God. At once I, I was dead. But now I'm sitting at the table with the king. Why? Because he raised me from the dead. Notice in verse 9, much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Wes and Janet and Donnie and Harry and Eric and Lance and Jeremy. Hallelujah! Oh, brother, sister, when the resurrection power of God raises us from the dead, it makes us part of the attraction of the end time. Don't you see the Lord Jesus had come there and people heard that he was there and they come to see him, but you know who else they was looking for? They was looking for Lazarus. Why, the news had got out. Lazarus had been raised from the dead. Don't you see the Lord Jesus performed a greater work? I wonder how many of you here tonight and those of you that are present and you labored and labored and sought God about a certain situation and God hadn't answered. How do you know that one day the Lord Jesus don't want you to sit down by the table. Hallelujah. And you will sit by him when the victory has been consummated and they won't only just come to see Jesus. They will come to see you. They will come to see you because Jesus chose you to be part of the display of his power. Glory. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Now, Lazarus had quite an experience, didn't he? He died twice. <laughs> the man was buried twice. Right? He died and was buried and raised again. He lived a long enough life. Who knows how long he lived? And he died and was buried again. But he's fixing to get up again before long. Praise be to God. Don't you see when the Lord sends you a lesser favor, it means he has something greater. Oh, he's got a greater yes it's a greater, yes, yes, child. I'm going to do this, but not now. This needs to materialize, and that needs to materialize. The thing of it is, I've got a seat reserved for you. Hallelujah. I've got a seat. Now, what if the Lord Jesus would have just stopped Lazarus from ever being sick? These people would have never come to see Lazarus. But Lazarus became famous because the horrible trial come his way. Oh, God. Forgive us for complaining, Lord. Wow. So you imagine now, by the way, they're looking through the windows. Is that him? Is that him? Yeah, that's Jesus. Oh, God. Ah, that's Lazarus. Oh, my goodness. My grandpa was the funeral director. He said he was dead as a doornail. The 
there wasn't one bit of lie. There wasn't one bit of movement. He said they put the, you know, the stuff all over him and everything. And he said he was actually there. He heard this wild man was going to come down there. And he said he was smelling so bad you couldn't even get close to the grave. But he called his name. And when he did, here he come out. Hallelujah. Here he come out. And people gather around. Is that him? Oh God, oh God. Is it a ghost? It ain't a ghost. It's a person. It's a person. Oh, hallelujah. But if they point at me tonight, say, is that a ghost? Say, yeah, the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost inside of me. It's the Holy Ghost inside of you. That's what raised us from the dead. Why? A greater display that seemingly started out with hurt hearts. So what if that had got really hurt and offended? Brother Ram really dramatizes this when he preaches it. And he says that Mary and Martha had every right when Jesus came to say, and you claim you're that Messiah. You didn't even have the common courtesy to come when I call for you. But he said if they'd had that attitude, the story would have been written different. I wonder sometimes if we don't inject those attitudes and the outcome of our stories are altered too. Now it's hard because we get our feelings hurt and we kind of pout a little bit on the Lord. Well, come on, don't get quiet on me. Remember Brother Brown pouting on the Lord that time when he went, prayed for that woman, her husband, give his heart back to God. She gave her heart back to God. The mother gave her heart back to God. And then Brother Brown, my, he was just so convinced the woman was going to be well. He went out on a, on a, a, a meeting somewhere and he come back and meet. He told him she died. And he said, he went to the Lord and said, Lord, you owe me an understanding. Ooh. He said, like the door of heaven shut in his face. He said, the Lord let him set, you know, kind of pat around a little bit like we do. Don't you love following a messenger like this that can be so honest? Then the Lord appeared to him and said, you go ask her mother on a certain, certain day. They was having a picnic. She slipped into a pond of water and that was her time to go then, but I couldn't take her because she wasn't ready. He said, if I'd have had the right attitude, he'd have told me that then. Well, come on, children. Sometimes he delays and he delays and he's got this great big miracle with your name on it. He's got this great big table spread. He wants somebody to come and hear about you. He wants somebody to read about it on Facebook. He wants somebody to say, hey, ain't that the boy that they said was gonna die? Ain't that the man that even AAA gave up on him? And my, he smoked like a, I don't know what and drunk like a fish. He was so low down, sorry, rotten. Nobody would have nothing to do with him. He was so low down, the devil even wrote him off. He was so bad, the demons out of hell wouldn't have nothing to do with him. But ain't that him? sitting by Jesus ain't that her sitting by Jesus she was so filthy she was so rotten but ain't that her sitting by Jesus oh glory to God I want you to notice the blindness of these chief priests look at this in verse 10 but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Not only did they hate the miracle worker, 
They hate those the miracles are worked on. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed. Oh, Jesus. Lazarus had no power. Lazarus did not call himself. Lazarus had no ability to raise himself. But Jesus said, I go to wake him. And there must be a him to respond to the resurrection voice. He could not get Gabriel to do it. He could not get Michael to do it. He couldn't get John to do it, James to do it. There was one man ordained to prove his word. That was Lazarus. Amen. And what happened then? This miracle performed on this man and it upset hell so much they not only wanted to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill him. Well, come on, hell. Come on, hell. I'm glad to be identified with the Lord Jesus tonight. Let me say this to you in case you're wondering. I'm proud to be identified with the message of the end time. Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, Revelation 10. No, I'm not interested in leaving it. No, I'm not interested in going back to Pentecost. I'm interested in going back to heaven and this message is going to take me there one day. So go ahead. Seek to kill my influence. Seek to make YouTube videos, old videos of me. Go ahead, oh my. And you don't realize you're sublime. Some of those that's made videos to blackball the prophet and to run his name down. Yeah, I keep getting contacts from people that run across them and they were so curious about the hatred of all of those people. I actually talked to some not long ago that embraced the message of the hour. They thought, a man like that that's so hated, there must be something right about him. You might ought to keep your big fat mouth shut. Pardon me. Forgive me if I don't uh, get all bent out of shape. Uh, because some people want to uh, show us that there was humanity in the message of the hour. Pardon me if I don't get all tore up because you found out Brother Ren was a man. The Lord told us that years and years ago. So pardon me uh, while I go ahead and stay here with Jesus. Let me get my neck in up here on my face because I'm gonna eat some of this revealed word and boy, that blood goes to sloshing around out here. So you, you just pardon me while I'm sitting here just smiling like somebody's got good sense and I'm gonna keep on eating all these green vegetables that were stored up on them tapes, hallelujah. I'm gonna keep on feeding all that unfailing body word of the son of man because where the carcass is, that will the eagles be gathered together. So go ahead and laugh at me. Who are you? Oh, my name is Lazarus. I was one that was dead out there in trespasses and sin. I was blind in Laodicea that the miracle worker the Lord Jesus come by my way and shine the evening light now I'm sitting at the table with the king I was dead but I'm alive I was blind but now I see so pardon me while I ate the lamb before the journey. 
Hand me some more of that unleavened bread, would you? Oh, mm. oh give me another glass of that stimulation by revelation. Oh, man, that's so good. Could I have another little bite of that son of man lamb? (laughs) Could I have a little bit more of that unleavened bread? Could I have a little bit more of that wine? Because every time it stimulates my soul, oh, I I feel like I could just take on the devil. Oh, my. So pardon me if I don't get all down. Oh, my. And I don't get all discouraged because there's so much darkness on. Yes, there's darkness, but there is light in the world. There is truth in the world. There is a standard in the world and that is Jesus Christ. He's bigger than COVID. He's bigger than fear. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than every devil out of hell and I'm sitting at the table with him tonight. So go ahead and make another YouTube video about us. Say we're crazy. Use this for your cover picture. (laughs) You said that man is a complete idiot. Well, at least I'm following the right thing. I don't deny I'm a nut, but at least I'm attached to the right boat. (laughs) Which one are you attached to? (laughs) Hallelujah. What about it, friends? Can the Lord Jesus try your life? And you get in such straits that you don't know what to do. And you pray and you pray and you cry. And it seems like he just slams the door shut in your face. But you say, I'm on your hands. I ain't giving up. I ain't giving in. I ain't quitting. Hallelujah. I'm on your hands, Jesus. Hallelujah to God. The prophet of God said about that Gentile woman, she had so much faith, even Jesus couldn't run her off. Well, my goodness, we've had little pansy Christians around the message and around our church and the preacher don't shake their hand often enough and they leave, they go somewhere else. This comes up and that comes up and they can't take the pressure. But the bride of Jesus Christ not only withstands evil, not only withstands demons, but if the Lord Jesus stands there right in her way and said no, she says yes. Jesus, you ain't stopping me. You imagine Jacob out there wrestling, oh hallelujah, with the angel of God. The devil had come up against him, his brother had come up against him, but now he met God. He said, I am not letting go of you until you change me. Hallelujah. If the Lord Jesus says no, he turns his head the other way. Said, woman, you're a dog. She said, yep. Two phrases there used in that scripture. Big dog and little dog. The woman said, I'm a little bow wow. But I still ain't giving up. She didn't have a bunch of quotes. She didn't have a bunch of scriptures. She had not one scripture as a Gentile that she knew of that the Lord God would grant her healing, but her need was so great. My daughter, my daughter. No wonder the prophet would tell people that were sick, why do you want to live, he'd say. 
tell God why you want to live. God, I've got a family. God, I've got a wife. God, I've got children. God, I've got a husband. God, I've got a calling. God, I want to live. I want to live. I'm on your hands, God. And if Jesus stands right there and say, you got to come over me. All right. I'm warning you before, Lord. I've got faith that even you can't stop. You see, some of y'all pulling back on me, ain't you? You're pulling back. You, you don't think a human can have that kind of faith. You come a little late to tell old Joshua that a human can't have that kind of faith. When Joshua was there in the battle, he had no promise that the sun would stand still. Even Moses, the great prophet of God, never made the sun and the moon stand still. But Joshua had a need. So he looks around and says, Daylight. Daylight is the answer to my issue. If the sun goes down, they'll rally together. We'll have to meet them tomorrow. So he says, all right, this is it. Moon, you hang over Agilon. When they were there several years ago, and we'd go past that place in a, in a big bus, and all of us on there, and the guide says, right over to your left is the valley of Agilon. For the moon, hallelujah, for the moon for 24 hours. Can you imagine the moon on the average of 239,000 miles away? And the word of a servant of God. The sun average of 93 million miles away. How could it be? I don't know, but I read something not long ago that science had found it back in the stars. And it was written way, way back in time that somehow they lost 24 hours. <sighs> what they lost, Joshua found. Ah! Glory to God, what they lost that was recorded there in the stars, Joshua said, I sit at the table with the king. without one scripture. And Jesus tells you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, if any two on you of you on earth agree is touching one thing, delight thyself also in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Right. Scripture after scripture, quote after quote. Yes, Don't be discouraged. When he says no. He's got a place saved for you. Don't lose faith. You're going to sit by the master. And not only will people come to see Jesus, they want to hear about you. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't that the kind of Christians we want to be? That we not only point them to a Jesus that can do this and that and the other, but we can say, I'll tell you the reason I know he can do it. He done it in me. 
come, come and go with me up to the table where I go to church and sit down and eat and you'll understand why I get so charged when I'm so down, when I'm so weary and I don't know what to do and I think I'm about to give up and all of a sudden I feel like a dynamo on the inside. I'm sitting at the table with King Jesus. Hallelujah. And I get energized by this divine word. I count it one of the greatest honors I could have to be hated, hated by those who hate the prophet of God. If they hate him and love me, I'm crying. Come on. If the people of the world hate this messenger and message and they love you, there's something wrong with your walk. Praise God. But when I sit at the table, let me have that little, mm-mm-mm. oh, let me have that little son of man grin. I tell you what, I want to lay in the presence of the sun so much, I get a son of man tan. Hallelujah. I want to lay in the presence. Remember the prophet used that term? Lay in the presence of the sun. It'll do you a whole lot more good than going to Myrtle Beach and laying down on the sun like a lizard all stretched out. But brother, to lay in the presence of this sun, it will cook all the greenness out of you. It'll take all the bitterness out of you. It'll take anger out of you. And it'll make you a living image of the living God. And people will be standing at the window saying, ain't that so-and-so? Ain't that so-and-so? Lord, have mercy. If God could do that for them, he can save anybody. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus wanted to prove he was the resurrection. He'd raised a little girl as we looked at last Wednesday night. But Lazarus was worse shaped than she was. But now his nose had fell in. That hot, arid country of the Middle East there, within just a few days, all the putrefaction must have been awful. Remember, his sister said, Lord, by now, he stinketh. That's such a humiliation. And Jesus told Mary and Martha to roll the stone away. If he had not humiliated them enough that he didn't come when they called. Now, you've seen many, no doubt, pictures and things. And whenever they would dig out a, a tomb in the rock, and then they would also dig out a, rock, a round wheel out of stone in a channel. I've seen several of them. And it takes several men with sticks and they have to push that big stone. Why would the Lord Jesus tell Mary and Martha after look like he's already humiliated them to no end? And he tells them, you all roll the stone away. That's a, a big brawny fisherman with big old muscles. And you know them men could have gone over and got to you imagine them saying, Shut up, Peter. Mary, you and Martha go roll the stone away. 
Now imagine that, two little old women. Oh, push me, I'm pushing myself, you shut up. I'm trying to do everything I can to do this And you know, women are about crying. Oh, I'll tell you what. But can you imagine the Lord Jesus? His divine heart was swelling with empathy and feeling as they themselves rolled away the stone. I can see him. Father, I know you hear me always. But now I say this for the sake of those that are here. And he saith to the dead man. Friends, if he had not spoke the name Lazarus, the general resurrection would have happened. You see, the Lord Jesus, when he gets ready, he wants to personalize your miracle. Wow, what a sermon title. A personalized miracle. One that has your name on it. Lazarus, come forth. His spirit was gone. His soul was gone into paradise. Shaking hands with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Oh, there. Oh, praise God, Brother Lazarus. Praise God. Tell us about what's going up on the earth, brothers. It has arrived. It has a What? What? He's calling me. He's calling me. I got to go back. I got to go. Wait, wait. You're right in the middle of a testimony meeting. I can't help it. He's got a place set for me at the table. Praise God. You imagine his soul going into paradise, staying there for four days and come right back out, and here he come. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. So what did they take off? Dead clothes. You see, people don't understand why when we really get saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, we get rid of some clothes. You go through your closet and you go to cleaning out clothes that identified that your identity was the walking dead. That's what you were. You see women dress up prostitutes. Well, it shows that they're the walking dead. They're dead in trespasses and sin. So you clean out your closet. You, you get loose and let go from what? Not only from death itself, but from the clothes of death. This is why we dress different. We, we dress different. We act different. We talk different. We clean out our records or our CDs or our MP3s. We clean out our closet of anything. That is not becoming to a child of God. You imagine. They take them clothes off of him. Then What's he going to do? Put on some new clothes. Jesus, no doubt they said, Lord, we're going to have a little supper for you. We'd like for you to come over and sit. I'd like that. Be sure and invite Danny. Be sure and invite George and Harry. I'd like to, for them to sit at the table with me. I want people sticking their big long necks in the windows. Look and say, Lord have mercy. I used to drink with that old boy. 
I used to run around with that woman. I used to do this and that and the other. What in the world happened to them? I'll tell you what happened. When what you was met who he is. When what you was met who he is. What you are don't change him, but it changes you. When what I was met who he is, I got changed from what you were, from what you were. When we met him in the personage of who he is, we let who he was change us to who we are tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Friends, don't you understand? It would have not been becoming to go out there and brought Lazarus in that form, set him up at the table. I mean, he's stinking. Why, he's awful. That don't testify the glory of God. But let Jesus, let him meet Jesus. Let Lazarus meet Jesus as what he was. And meeting Jesus as who he is, the resurrection. This is the result. Would you pass me the grapes? Would you pass me the honey and the persimmons? Oh, this food is so good. Praise God. And the people say, is that him? Oh, Lord God. That man, my mama was that. My mama told me she saw it. Oh, may God so set our souls afire. The people will want to stick in the window of our lives. And say, what happened to you? Who I was met who he is. At one time, I was like that. And now I'm this way. The difference is him. I was one way, and now I'm another. And the difference is him. It's not my determination. It's not my zeal. It's not my desire. The difference is him. Let's pray together. Praise God. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I know these are simple, simple thoughts. But I also know they're life-changing. Lord God, maybe there's some here tonight that's pondering. You got a reason for me preaching these things. Lord, you know, you know, Sunday when you put that on my heart. And then, Father, the phone calls, the texts, the emails that I heard afterwards, and the flood waters that have assailed against so many people that I've been in contact this week, I think, Lord, how perfect is your timing. How perfect is your timing. You make no mistakes. Lord God, we confess to you tonight, we're not ashamed to say it, we need you like never before. Lord God, would you help us? In our time of living on this earth, Lord God, we need you. Sickness is everywhere. Lord, people are discontented. They're, they're burdened. Lord, we, we can just feel it being around one another. Or just talking to an employee yesterday of, at Home Depot and just striking up a conversation a little bit. And 
Lord, I, 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 just, I just throwed out a few things to the man. He said, I've never seen a time like it in my life. And you could just feel the anxiety and the worry. He said, it's going to get worse. I just know it's going to get worse. And I thought, oh my, I'm so glad I have a hope. My hope is not in politics. I'm not holding my breath to 2022 or 2024. I'm enjoying my breath and living every day as if it were my last. I'm not waiting till the midterm elections and I'm gonna have a little joy. No, I'm gonna go ahead and have some right here tonight. My joy is not based on who wins the White House back. I may be dead as a hammer by then anyhow. So I'm gonna go ahead and enjoy serving the Lord Jesus every day I have left. I wanna torment hell and I wanna enjoy heaven. I wanna help the saints of God. Lord, I wanna do everything I can for your kingdom. Praise God. I'm sitting at your table right now, smiling. Hallelujah. Lord, whenever David became king, and he commanded that there be a search made to see if there was any seed of Saul or namely of Jonathan that was left. And he found a young man. Oh my. That whenever a great tumult came and his nurse, his mother Eve as we'd call her, picked him up and started running with him. And she fell. And in the fall, he'd become crippled. And he remained crippled the rest of his life. But David heard he was of the seed of his dear friend. So he beckoned for him to come and break bread at the king's table. And there he remained every day of his life as long as David was king because he found favor in David's sight. Praise God. We fell too. Yes. And we were all crippled up. But thank God we found grace. Hallelujah, not because our daddy was a good man, our mother was a good woman, but because we were in your sinking before the foundation of the world. And you raised us up out of our crippled state, praise God, and gave us life. Now we're sitting at the table with the king. And not only that, Lord Jesus, but we're waiting for that great banquet to be set, the marriage supper of the Lamb. I may be on the last row at the end of that big table, 1,500 miles long, or however long it is. I may be the very last one on the left or the right-hand side. I really don't even care. After you pass all the great nobility of heaven, you go down through there and wipe all the tears from everyone's eyes, and I'm the last one at the end of the table. I'm gonna be sitting at the same table that John is at. And James and Luther and Paul and Wesley and Brother Branham, Louie and Harry and all the rest of these saints. I don't want to be up there close to you. I'm not worthy of such a place. But Lord God, I want to be sitting there at the table. Hallelujah. We'll reach our hands across the table and take hold of one another's hands and say we fought battles in life, but now we've overcome. And the king will come out with his great robes on. And he'll take up the corner of his robes and wipe the tears out of her eyes and say, don't cry no more, child. It's over. Praise God. May we be faithful to that time, Lord God, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. How many counts it's such an honor tonight to be sitting at the table of the king. Come one, come all. 
see what our master can do in the master's hall. You see, we were dead in trespasses and sin, but by the breath of God, we've been born again. Our flesh was rotten and stinking in sin, but by the breath of our master, we took life again. It seems so impossible that day and that hour, but all of a sudden, we felt his great power. Though our bodies should decay and rot, we will never fear, for by the voice of the Son of God, we will answer and we shall appear. For by the blessed word of the hour and the atonement of the redemptive blood, the token in our life will call us once again in this evening hour. So enjoy your meal, my friends, as the Lamb sets the table by the seven-course meal provided for us, for He is more than able. Don't listen to the screams and the shouts of this world as they try to turn your heart from the gates of pearl. But listen to the shouts of Adonai as he speaks your name from the gates on high. Lift up your heads, your redemption is near. Meet it by faith and cast away all fear. For one morning soon your body will change. The dynamics will strike mechanics and your cells will be rearranged. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he shall appear and the saints of the Almighty you will see near. All of a sudden, your body will be changed by the resurrecting power and the glory of his great name. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, can we just worship him a little bit? You need healing in your body. Why don't you raise your hands? I hope you recognize that breeze from the heavenly shore that just come by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need healing, it's in the atonement. You need deliverance, it's in the atonement. You need peace, it's in the atonement. Oh, glory to God, whatever you have need of, he's right here tonight to provide it for you. Glory to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are needy in this building, those that are streaming under the sound of my voice. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you are a defeated foe. Oh, you're a lot of puff and air and wind, but you've done been exposed, old boy. We see you for what you are. You got a bow, but you ain't got no arrows. You got a lot of thunder, but you ain't got no lightning. But the Lord Jesus has both thunder and lightning, both bow and arrows. You are defeated. In the name of Jesus, come out of these people. 
may sickness, may fear, may trauma, may anxiety, may tumors leave their bodies tonight. Oh, may macular disease go from their eyes. May arthritis come out. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that same resurrected Lord that walked up to the tomb of Lazarus that day, may you call your children's name tonight, Father. May you personalize their miracle by dropping a ream of word inside of their hearts, Lord. May arthritis leave their bodies. May stiffness leave them. May sore back. Go from them tonight, Father. We claim your promises as the children of God. It is our right to healing, Lord. It is the children's bread. And we are sitting at the table with the king as we feast on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Can we just worship him, saints? Let's just sing something to him, can we? Praise God. It's okay. Worship and don't make Jesus nervous. You can go ahead and cry a little bit. He's okay with that too. You want to raise your hands there and just love him a little bit. He's fine with that. As a matter of fact, he loves it. The prophet of God told us everywhere Jesus went, there's always a crowd that followed him and there's always a lot of noise. So we want people to know Jesus was in church tonight with us because the way we was acting and carrying on. We was worshiping him, was appraising him, was blessing him with all of our hearts. Some of you don't even feel like it. Some of you don't even feel like standing right now. You're tired, you're worn out, you're dealing with things with your body, but why don't you praise your way through that pain? Why don't you praise your way through that anxiety and that stress? Who knows? This might be the very service the Lord Jesus is gonna bring that deliverance that you've been praying for. But if it don't come tonight, it may come tomorrow. If it don't come tomorrow, it may come Friday. But your answer is on the way. Your deliverance is on the way. Don't give up, Lazarus. Don't give up. He's got a place set for you at his table. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Brother Louis, come sing, I'm happy.
blessed be the Lord. Oh, did you enjoy the word of God tonight? Praise the Lord. Wasn't it wonderful? Amen. Let's just sing that little chorus before we get ready to go tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and they're safe. Aren't you glad you got a safety zone? Do you appreciate the word of God we're getting to hear? Isn't God good to us? Isn't God good to us? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name.